It's been a crazy week. It's time for a strength check. What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Andy Vilzak. This is another episode of Strength Check. This has been a wild week, and to be honest with you, I almost didn't record tonight. But given the fact that the show's theme is resilience, or one of the themes of the show is resilience, I thought that I'd be a hypocrite, and not in a way that's acceptable if I didn't record tonight. So let's talk about it. This time of year is is rough, uh, at least for me. The semester is the grind of the semester is on. My seniors are realizing that they're graduating in about two months, and that realization is a little bit intense for some of them. My juniors realize that next year is their last year, and that's pretty intense. Phenomenon I call junioritis, where all of a sudden, my juniors realize that they need to plan their entire life right now, right this instant, and are really overwhelmed with all that pressure and the realization that they're going to be graduating from college in a year. The next step in junioritis is senioritis where you know you know what senioritis is on top of that it's the middle of march and we're all sick of this weather (laughs) it's horrible it's terrible i'm tired of the cold yesterday it was 65 degrees and i woke up this morning and there was snow outside and it sucks and i want it to end i want it to end now just make it stop please make it go away but it's not and i don't know what that sucker punxsutawney phil said but it's still cold and it's terrible and i'm tired of it Beyond that, beyond the usual gripes and everything else that we can have around this time of year, it was just a a week. It was one of those weeks, right? We had that that ongoing, we had this ongoing ridiculous um, college admissions scandal where Aunt Becky's out here buying her kids into schools that they don't belong in. And what this news really did was sort of lay bare all of the, the bribery and all of the back doors and side doors and and ways that wealthy parents are able to uh, game the system, legally um, game the system, and get their kids into universities that they really have no business being in. And what I'm really excited to find out about, well, maybe not excited, but interested to find out about is, you know, if all of these wealthy parents couldn't get their kids into these universities with the usual legal bribes, you know, donating to an athletic team or buying a, a wing of a library or whatever, how bad are their kids that they have to actually resort to crime, right? We haven't heard that yet. And I don't I doubt that we ever will. Um, but that was a crazy story, right? That's that's wild that this sort of bribery is going on this blatantly. And it was already like an open secret in higher education anyway, where you see families going way above and beyond um, not just being helicopter parents, not just being lawnmower parents, but uh, really almost creating this fiction for their kids that they can't do anything wrong, and that there's no challenges that they can't overcome, and really behind the scenes blowing through all of those challenges for them. I made a joke at some point this week about how this isn't like helicopter or lawnmower parenting. This is like 
nuclear disaster that accidentally happens and creates Mad Max kind of parenting. And I really think that that's right. You know, like there are kids out there this week sitting in their classes at these Ivy League schools with classmates who probably don't belong there either, who have this are having this profound realization, maybe having this profound realization that they don't belong there and that mom and dad blew through all these problems for them. And I don't know, like that wasn't my life. It's not my kid's life. I, I, I don't know. So there's that, right? All of that absurdity that we've been going through. And then we heard about a building that collapsed in, in Lagos in Nigeria and kids that were um, trapped in there, um, a school shooting in Brazil, and then the, the shooting in Christchurch, New Zealand. That happened. And that happened. And so for me, I'm not... I have no connections to this other than, you know, empathy for all of the, all of the families and, and everything. I can't even, you know, I don't want to say anything that's going to make it sound like I'm centering myself in this anyway. So I'm not going to. But what I will say is that the following day in one of my classes, I was supposed to teach about hate crimes. And I kind of went back and forth, like, do I do this today or not? And the realization was that I'm not going to do anything or not do something that I'm supposed to do or that I want to do because of anything that any um, Nazis did. <laughs> so um, I I did what I do best. I did what I think I do better than anybody. And I went ahead and taught that day and gave that message, right? Like, I'm not going to let people who are full of hate dictate anything about how I'm going to do anything in my life. But it's just a wild time, right? Like last week we talked about how maybe the, the most appropriate reaction to all the crime and all the suffering that we see in our lives is sadness and to, and to really um, like interrogate and, and try to be as introspective as possible with the emotions that we experience when all of this bad news is happening. But this week it just felt like a fire hose, right? Of just one terrible thing after another. And today, a few hours before recording, there was news um, that there might have been a shooting happening at the University of Michigan, which is was my home for a, a long time in my life and is one of my favorite cities in the country. If I could pick anywhere that I could live, Ann Arbor would be very high on the list. It's where I met my wife. It's where I proposed. Um, I have a lot of memories, a lot of positive memories associated with that city and with that campus. And so when I heard that there was possible shooter there today I really fell apart um, and my instinct was to just kind of curl up do what I had to do to get my my kids off to bed tonight and then just curl up and hide and, and for a little while it was like touch and go whether or not I was going to record and then I thought about well again the, that lesson that I I taught in class yesterday and that I've had to do before in this job where the easy thing is to like curl up and hide but given the platform that I have in my capacity as a professor and the few people, the few dozen people that have listened to this show, it would be the bad kind of hypocritical if I just said, well, no, um, I'm really sad today and I'm just going to curl up and hide um, and wait for all the scary stuff to go away. Now, fortunately, there was no shooting actually at, at the University of Michigan today. Um, it was a, a false alarm. Um, everybody's okay. Everything's cool. Um, and so that's great. Um, but uh, it sucks that this is the kind of period of time that we live in, right? Where 
we have to be, or there is this sense that we have to be on edge at all times, that the worst possible thing can be happening at any, at any moment, could happen at any moment. And it makes what I talked about last week, the idea of trying to be hopeful and, and disciplining ourselves to be hopeful and disciplining ourselves to be optimistic and trying to find that silver lining, it makes it really hard. Um, it makes it really, really difficult to do. And it's understandable that you're going to feel weak at times. I feel weak after this week. <laughs> Again, like that's the importance of trying to be resilient, right? So my heart goes out to anybody who's listening to this, who's affected by any of this, this terrible news this week or at any of the other potentially terrible things that went on um, in your lives that I didn't talk about today. Um, stay strong if you can. makes me think about this idea again of resilience and a, a thing that I've I've told myself in the past as a way to try to like rally you know when there are, are days that you really do just want to curl up and, and disappear um, and so it's a, a simple phrase that I've, I've been saying to myself when I need to over the last few years it's become sort of a, a personal mantra for me and that is fight forever and so when I say fight forever, when I, I post it on my social media feeds or I, I might talk about it in class once in a while or uh, maybe with a student um, or one of you or whomever, um, it's a thing that's become really important to me, this message of fight forever. And I, I got this idea or it became a thing for me when I was going through a lot of the stuff with losing Scott and um, losing another friend of mine um, and a lot of like turmoil going on in my um, both in my personal life and um, a lot of stress in my professional life, I landed on this idea of fight forever. Um, it's my own version of hope as a discipline, not as, as eloquent, much more dumb guy, I guess. So I really believe in things like making your own luck. I really believe in being loyal to people um, and being there for people that care about you. And I really, really believe in finding those things that are important to you and holding on to that and fighting for them. Um, no matter what. So I have my own personal interests. I have my kids. I have my few close friends. I have the causes that I believe very deeply in. And I, like I said, I really believe in making your own luck. And so when I say fight forever, to me, that's what I'm referencing. You know, I can't let myself, I'm not allowed, I almost think, I'm not allowed to have those, those down times and those dark moments because I have a, my students who look up to me and I have my kids that I have to model good behavior for and model that strength and resiliency for. So when the going gets tough, right, I'm not in a position where I can run. And so I'll tell myself, fight forever. Fight until you can't fight anymore and then keep fighting for whatever you want, whatever you believe in, whatever you need. Maybe I'm delusional. I don't know. But it works for me. And so... If you're out there right now and you're struggling and it's that time of the year, right, where it seems like the winter is going to last forever, that we're going to be stuck in the polar vortex 
forever and ever and ever. And the sun is just mocking us, and it's never going to be warm, and the semester's never going to end, and you're never going to be out of college, and you're never going to be out of this rut that you're in, and you're never going to get that job that you want, and you're never going to get over this, this thing that you're stuck on. You're never going to get past this roadblock. You're never going to get that book written or that article published or that, I don't know, you're never going to make it to the gym again. You're never going to lose that weight, whatever. You fight forever for it. If it's something that's important to you, you have to fight for it. And that's something that I try to impart on my my students as much as I can. Um, if you're listening to this, you've probably heard me say something like this before. This probably feels like an advising meeting where I'm trying to preach to you about what do you need to do to get your get where you want to be in your life. <laughs> but I'm not wrong. So one thing that I've taught my five-year-old is that I'm always right. And she's the only person in the world who actually believes that. <laughs> um, but I'm right about this. You make your own luck. You go out and you fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. And if you have that, if you take those chances, I mean, nothing in life is guaranteed. But you've got a better shot of getting there if you're fighting for it. So how you can apply that mantra of keeping yourself disciplined enough to be hopeful and interrogating your, your emotions and fighting forever when everything feels like it's always falling apart? I don't know. I don't have that answer. You pick your battles and you go for it. So there's that. So last week I had promised you that I would give you an update on Play for Progress, um, and so I'm here to do that tonight as well. For those of you who are just who are new to the show, Play for Progress is a project that I am working on here in Northeast Pennsylvania um, that I hope to spread schools and maybe other areas, other venues throughout the region as much as I can um, reasonably, where we would like to work with young people who have mental health problems, who have been victimized in some way in their life, who are struggling um, themselves with a substance use disorder, or um, have a, a parent or a loved one who is struggling with a substance use disorder whose substance use is having a negative effect on their life. I want to work with kids who have problems with violence. I want to work with kids who have parents who are incarcerated. I want to work with people who are incarcerated. I want to work with kids who have been adjudicated delinquent. I want to work with people who are coming back home from the war. And what I want to do is, with these different populations, teach them how to play Dungeons & Dragons and use the game as a way to rebuild their self-esteem, if that's an issue, to try to combat their social anxiety, if that's an issue try to rebuild their trust, try to help their help them feel less isolated, less alienated, work on social skills, work on re-socialization. There are a lot of things that I think that this sort of narrative storytelling can accomplish for people that are suffering. So we are launching our first, I guess, campaign at an area in high school starting in September. And based on some conversations that I've had with my volunteers at the university I work at, we might actually also launch a version of this layer there to try to help out some students at the university who have a variety of issues that are, you know, like I just mentioned. So yesterday, 
uh, we had our first, I guess, playtest of some of the stuff that um, my volunteers have put together. They are now sort of testing the, the stories that they made. They made up their own characters, and we're going to start sort of a miniature version of this campaign. As we wrap up the semester, we've got about six weeks left, so we're not going to be able to get a ton done before they, they have to go for the summer, but still get a lot done. And so the characters that they made for this playtest are, are really interesting, and so I thought I would talk about a couple of them tonight. The one who's become, I think, everybody's favorite is Chaz. <laughs> Chaz is a rat boy, which is not like the typical fantasy sort of character that you would think of. Chaz is khakis and a polo, probably cargo shorts and a polo. Uh, I imagine collar pop. He might actually be one of those guys that has two polo shirts on with both collars pop. I don't know. For those of you who know Chaz, though, let me know if you think this is what Chaz looks like. Chaz sometimes refers to himself in the third person. Chaz is a little unclear about that. Um, but Chaz is... I mean, where do you even start? Chaz is a very intelligent young man. He is a, a studying to be a doctor and a lawyer, and he's interested in astronaut school. <laughs> and Chaz is socially... I'm not sure how you would put it. He's not socially awkward, um, because he's well beyond awkward. He's very confrontational. He's, uh, in some ways, as I was watching Chaz last night, Chaz reminded me of professors that I've interacted with at conferences who work at very prestigious universities, schools like maybe where Aunt Becky sent her kids, <laughs> uh, who Chaz is right about everything. Chaz is not going to um, pay any mind to any sort of norms dictating conversation or interaction. Chaz is going to do what Chaz is going to do um, when Chaz is going to do it. And that's pretty fun. So we've got Chaz. Um, we've got another character who's very socially awkward um, named Norn. Norn's thing is um, using gigantic words that he does not know the meaning to. Um, Norn has no idea how to approach people. Norn uh, is like he's discovered people for the first time. And so that's actually really beneficial to the, the type of stories that we're trying to tell. We've had characters fighting last night. We have a character who... Her name is Nova. She's part fairy. Her parents found out that she was part fairy and were very scared and sent her off. So I got to say, my students are are awesome. Just in general, my students are awesome. But the volunteers that I've had for this project and the creativity they've, they've lent to this work has been really amazing. And I'm really excited to see how this goes. We only got to play for a couple of hours last night because... Well, just because we didn't have time to. But we ended on a cliffhanger. Uh, Nova was kidnapped. The student who's playing Nova, I don't know if you know that your character was kidnapped last night, but we're kind of stuck on that, right? Like, what are we going to do? What would you do when your character was kidnapped? I don't know. We'll find out. I had meant to go into last night's game to record it, um, but I completely spaced. So that's on me. Um end of the week fried brain consequences i guess i don't know fried brain consequences sounds like the name of another podcast that i should start where i would never remember what to record and what to talk about <laughs> so sorry about that but i am trying to work on getting um some sort of actual play D, like i guess mini series setup that we would run here on strength check um we'll see about that i am going to start interviewing some of our volunteers though 
and um, just spend five or ten minutes talking about why this project is is interesting to them, what they've experienced so far, characters that they've made, especially for those of them that have never played anything like this before and like what their perception is so far. And um, I think that'll be really cool for everybody here. So that's it for, for this week. You can find us online at strengthtech.podbean.com. We're on all of the podcast places. You can follow the show on the Red Hot Twitter machine at Strength Tech. You can follow me at Hey Dr. Will. It's spelled H-E-Y-D-R-W-I-L. You can email the show at strengthtechpodcast at gmail.com. Fried brain consequences. Hope everybody out there is doing well. Fight forever. See ya.